you thought we wouldn't make it, but here we are on our Zeroeth studio album, live from the basement underneath the Walmart. It's banter slash banter. We're going to pay you to take our album. <sighs> yeah, oh my God, such a great album. Thank you to the one fan. And that sweet, sultry voice over there is one of our hosts, Aaron. Hi. Well, Mr. Foley work over there is our good friend, Mikhail. Stop hitting me. Oh, it hurts. And I'm Manny. And together, (laughs) I think we're going to do a show. Whether you want to or not. So how about a podcast, guys? I could do a podcast. Yeah, let's start it right now. This is now now, in which we are starting. Present day argument. Why didn't the September episode come out sooner? Why did it have to wait till the first Monday in September? It's like we're some group of lazy slobs or something. Ugh. Hey, at least we didn't have to wait till September ended. Just because of that, I might have to think about canceling my subscription to this podcast. I don't know, guys. It's tough. Already canceled. But guys. Unsubscribe. We make up three of our 13 listeners. Mash that dislike button. Withdraw funds from your Patreon. I'm sorry. I guess I'm just a little bit moody. I realize that we've gone this far in the year and suddenly we're right back around at the point where everybody has to start to rally together. Sharpen your swords as... You've been able to tell by our complaints over the last, what is it, five, almost six episodes? Surtur, the fire demon, has been running wild all through the last few months. I thought you were going to say you were Alistair Moody, which is why you're Moody. Alistair? I barely know her. No, I'm your host, Manny, and this is Banter Banter. Hit the intro. (laughs) I don't know the words to our own opening theme. Like I said, Surtur has been running amok, been keeping the outsides hot and hotter by the day. Has it really already been a year? It's about that time again. It feels like we just talked about this. It really does. I'm not saying that to be facetious. It really feels like we just talked about this. Everybody has to get ready. All of those capable of music rouse the bards, for now it is time for them to stop being the rascally scallywags that they are, and to practice- Become the battle bards that we all know they can be. Do I also need to toss a coin to my Armstrong? Why yes, I think. We're all gonna need to toss coins to our Armstrong. It's gonna be a tough fight this year. This heat is oppressive. And Surtur, it's almost like he's PO'd from last time. Yeah, he always comes back with a vengeance. Always worse than the last. But yes, Mike, at first you left me wondering what that was a reference to, and I'm like, which property is he talking about? When I should have been asking, Witcher. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) Witcher, I barely know her. (laughs) That's my last one, I promise. Just coming in swinging left and right with those, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, it is time that we all become aware, that we all band together, and find those that will rouse Billy Joe Armstrong from his Odin sleep. For it is time, once again, to quell the fires of Surtur, to put an end to summer, here in what is actually, truly, and finally 
certifiably the dog days of summer. Ways that you can prepare for this are gathering water, maybe producing ice, and if you're feeling particularly prankish, you can always put a bit of that warm water and stick Billy Joe Armstrong's hand in a bowl of it, and that'll, of course, probably set him off in a bad mood as soon as he wakes up. Also, I'm given to understand that his urine is made of acid. That would be waking up on the wrongest side of the bed, I think. <laughs> this won't be the last time we hear about this as we figure out where we need to go to do the final preparations later this month. But I would say that because of all sorts of quarantine-related restrictions and I guess just a lot of social shifts in the winds, I'm sure a lot of you probably come to this podcast to unwind a little and listen to whatever random BS we have. And honestly, I've got to ask you, what's the deal with that? Hey everyone, welcome to What's the Deal with That? Also known as Aaron's favorite segment. This is the only special that we have that has guaranteedly had a recurring episode to it. It's our podcast within a podcast. So you might say that this is our second most popular series. Really? You're getting two shows for the price of one listen. It's like podcastception. Do you like free stuff? How about two free things for the price of one free thing? Welcome to What's the Deal with That? For any of you who are new to this podcast, or maybe just picked up later on, I'm going to present my co-hosts with two plot summaries. One of them comes from a website that compiles and summarizes trivia and all things Seinfeld, while the other one comes from the wonderful subreddit, Reddit Writes Seinfeld. So I've noticed a shift in the posts of that subreddit where now it's more of a collaborative effort where the original poster will now present a prompt to the people of Reddit wherein they will take that prompt and write potential lines that would happen in that episode. Oh, that's nifty. It has shifted the focus in the types of plot summaries I grab, but I think I picked out some good ones. Now, if I remember correctly, in our last expedition into these dangerous waters of what's the deal with that, I believe Mike pulled away and earned one more point on the scoring chart. Wow, that one fan that Mike has is really loud. What can I say? I have a great fan base. Yeah, well, I'm going to find that base and blow it up, because I'm taking the lead today, pal. Let's settle this on the battlefield and toss you your first pair of prompts. Our first summary goes, George enters a local contest looking for sexy bald men, without realizing it's a big joke from a local radio station. Elaine dates the show's host, who thinks George looks hilarious. Meanwhile, Kramer opens a karaoke lounge in his apartment that drives Jerry crazy. Our second summary goes, Jerry is cornered into caring for a dog of a man on a plane when the man is removed from it because of a medical emergency. 
The dog proves to be an absolute terror. Jerry watches the dog, leaving George and Elaine alone together. They find they have very little to say to each other without their conversational third, Jerry. So, gentlemen, what's the deal with either of these? Number one is the real Seinfeld episode synopses. And actually, I think it's the second episode that is the correct synopsis. Now, I will have to admit that this one fell in line pretty close to its original episode counterpart. But in this particular round, Aaron, I'm going to have to give you the point. Ooh, look at that. Oh my gosh. The Crazy Dog episode comes to us from Seinfeld Season 3, Episode 21. Now, I did notice something from looking at the way that this website summarizes episode numbers. When it says Episode 21, this is the 21st episode in the whole series, rather than within that season arc. The other prompt about the Sexy Baldman contest came from Vagabond Nerd a poster on the popular subreddit. So, this... Well done, because the first one sounded very conceivable. Absolutely. This actually kind of tosses things back into balance. It seems like Mike and Aaron are tied once again. So, I guess, let's go ahead and roll right into the second one, where the first summary brings us... George misplaces his eyeglasses while at the gym and asks Elaine and Jerry to help him buy a new pair. The trip to the optometrist becomes a disaster when Elaine is bitten by a dog that she fears is rabid. George tries to get a discount by mentioning Kramer's name, but the optometrist refuses vehemently. George thinks he sees Jerry's cousin, Jeffrey, kissing Jerry's girlfriend. It turns out to be a horse. Our second summary? goes a little something like this. Jerry runs afoul of the apartment board and its rule-abiding leader after accidentally leaving trash outside of his door overnight. George and Kramer become sunglasses guys. Elaine joins a smoothie craze. So, gentlemen, what's the deal with these? Oh my gosh. This really feels like it could truly be either one to me. As a person who has little to no experience with Seinfeld, the show, but knows enough about it to kind of know what it's going for. I will admit some behind-the-scenes notes on this. Last time that we did this game, I ran out of prompts, so I had to fish up some fresh ones this time around. I understand. And these prompts took me less time to research than they did the last time. Okay, well, hey, time saved is time earned. I will choose first this time, if that's okay, Mike. I think that the first synopsis is the accurate one. The real Seinfeld episode synopsis. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Locking you in. The dice tell me I should pick <laughs> option two. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you just leave it to chance? I didn't have a coin to flip. Because <laughs> you tossed it to the Armstrong. Exactly, I tossed it to the Armstrong. Well, hey, now he has enough money to get a soda <laughs> to get some sugar in his body. Yeah, and you know you won't be able to pry away from him. I mean, his arm is so strong. I mean, it's in his name. 
Especially while he's asleep. Is it the hand that got dipped in the bowl of warm water? Is, <laughs> is it one of those, like you throw it on top, cat machines that pulls the coin into its box? Like he just wakes up long enough to like, bring his coin in and then he goes back to sleep? Or it's just like a natural reflex of his? If it is the hand that is in the water... It is double good luck because I'm tossing it into a water location, kind of like a fountain, and tossing a wish in. Did you make a wish? And also tossing a coin to my Armstrong. And my Armstrong wish is that option two is the correct one. Nice segue for bringing it back. As it's powerful enough to try and channel the Divine Fates, it seems maybe... Billy Joe has a bit to look forward to and was unable to answer your prayer as the plot synopsis about Jerry and the apartment board and the sunglass guys was submitted to us by 89SC on Reddit. Oh, ooh. Darn you, 89SC on Reddit. Which... Two for two. Means that Aaron has entirely turned the tables on us so far, as he pulls ahead by one point for picking the episode out of season five, or the 67th episode in the series. Problem solved. Aaron, whatever you're picking next, I'm also picking it. (laughs) At least I'll only be one point behind. What you need to do is hope that I pick the wrong one, you pick the right one, so you at least even it up. If we both choose the same one that I'm right, then... I'll still be plus one. Yes, but you won't be plus two. That's true. Plus one is not as much as plus two. That's the kind of score you want in golf. And I guess now comes the reckoning, where we figure out in our last set of prompts. W-R-E-C-K. What is the deal with that? Oh, there needs to be an abbreviation that we call that just to be hip. I don't think wit would really sound all that hip. Would 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 Jerry worries that this arrangement will affect his dating life, and regrets his recommendation. George tests the man with the wedding band theory of meeting women. And our second prompt goes, Kramer does a stock photo shoot and gets a lot of money. Jerry actually thinks it's a good idea and does it as well. Kramer's photos sell surprisingly well, which makes Jerry jealous. George and Elaine are the ones buying all of Kramer's photos to make Jerry upset because he ditched them for a gig. Oh my gosh. I pick option one. Ah, man, as much as... Aaron, that puts you in the spot. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, every word you said about the first synopsis sounded like that was a legitimate synopsis, so I am also going to choose number one. Well, winner, winner, Festivus dinner. Both of you managed to pick the correct episode. Awesome. This one comes to us from the 10th episode of the series, located in Season 2. While 
the prompt about the photo shoot came to us from HLH04 on Reddit. Well done, Reddit users, for creating very difficult, well-crafted, and creating very approximate episode synopses that always put us in question of which one's the real one. Agreed. You guys are very talented. I will definitely say that this crop of prompts from Reddit really came in and brought in some feasible episodes. I agree. But in the end, Aaron, you are currently in the lead by one point. Until next time, Aaron. Next time. <laughs> I'm happy we're playing that game. Even when I'm not in the lead, I'm having a blast. So, gentlemen, I think in this month of September, I guess as with every month, while I was doing some research and just looking around at points of interest, I found that a handful of memorable video games turned 21 in this month. What, what, what? They're all old enough to drink now? Exactly. You could crack open yourself a copy of Crash Bandicoot Racing and enjoy that brew that has been sitting in there for 21 years. I wish I had not opened my beer earlier before we started recording. Mmm, <laughs> that's a fresh beverage for these video games. I guess a really solid Foley work from you tonight, man. That sounded so realistic. That is what Mike will do for us. All the sound effects. That's what a lie sounds like. That is why you hired me. To lie. So, aside from Crash Bandicoot Racing, we did have a few other titles make their jump into the great year of 1999. A few of which kind of made me perk an eyebrow. For example, Sonic Adventure made its debut into the 3D sphere where they were trying to come out with essentially a killer app for the popular console, the Dreamcast. Killer. And I guess I say popular a little sarcastically. Unfortunately, the only thing killer about the Dreamcast was its sales record, and not in their favor. Well, it also didn't help that the thing was riddled with security holes. It sure did slay its producer's bottom line. But I feel like the main reason I would bring up the Sonic Adventure series is because it introduced me to the concept that video games can have some contemporarily rockin' soundtracks. I'm gonna challenge either you to listen to and post something on Twitter about Crush 40 the main band that is featured in the soundtrack for Sonic Adventure. Because, man, you want to talk about butt rock, that stuff is butt rock. Definitely. Fuzzy. Sounds like it was recorded in a garage. I will say this. Sonic Adventure is one of the few games that when I first got it, I 100%ed it before I moved on to any other game. I completed all six main storylines to unlock the seventh storyline, which was the conclusion of the story when you got to use Super Sonic. Yeah. And the song that you hear at the end while you're streaking down the flooded city to defeat, oh, what was it? Perfect Chaos. 
Perfect Chaos, thank you, was rockin', and I loved that final battle, and it was very satisfying. A couple of these tracks get remade. If you look up the Sonic Generations soundtrack, they take on at least a couple of these, and they have Crush 40 perform a new rendition of not only Open Up Your Heart, but also good one. one of the earlier ones in the game. But anyway, go ahead and crack that one open. Take a sip. And sample our next little tidbit of Gaming 21-hood. Not to be left behind, Mike, I think there's a little ditty in there that you particularly feel a kinship to. What? There is? You might say there's something for you to finally fantasize about in my continuous droning about video games. You mean Biggs and Wedge? My favorite two guys that seem to always die at the beginning of this video game? Yeah, and also when they die in Star Wars? Only Biggs died in Star Wars. Wedge lived. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Yes. Oh, yes. He's the ace of the rebellion, man. The one who would take over Rogue Squadron from Luke Skywalker once Luke started doing more Jedi stuff. Yeah, man, wedges. I'm so glad they named a salad after him then. <laughs> also a thing to hold a door open <laughs> and a piece of cheese. Clearly, you guys didn't play a video game where you were wedge and I was flying under wedge. I always died as wedge, so clearly he was not as talented as you're making him out to be. Well, if it was Wedge left to his own devices, I assure you he would have been just fine. I sure did leave him to his own devices, and he just kept flying straight. What kind of flyer is that? We're inept, that's why. Mike, what were Biggs and Wedge doing before they decided to join the Rebellion? (laughs) (laughs) I heard they were part of the Empire, and forcing some innocent blue-haired woman to, like, beat up some stone. I don't know. She was going to end up taking over the world anyway. And she had to defeat Kafka. Oh, Kafka, the fantastical gesture of final bossness? Yeah, the giant roach. Kafka. He was my second favorite. Yes, the giant roach or the clown? Both of them. Pennywise? Ah, Pennywise. He's not 21 yet. I never understood that. Pennies can't have wisdom. Only if you toss him to your Armstrong. Maybe another theory with what happens to the pennies is that with his mighty strength, he crushes that coin down, kind of like those souvenir machines, and the coin then becomes unusable. You get an awesome Wake Me When September Ends reminder coin. Exactly. With Billy Joe Armstrong's face on it, and maybe some musical notes on the outside edge, perforated up so you could feel them. And if you go to all of the sections of the park, you can actually stop by on your way out and pick up what seems to be just a generic little cranky device, but it has slots in it for all of your commemorative squish coins that will turn it into a music box that will play the theme that will awaken him at the end of September. Sold. Where is this park and how do I get there? I might have to ask Tara or maybe Luke where I need to go. I don't know. You might have to help him with the Emperor and also the Clown. So you need to have pretty good piloting skills. It goes beyond aircraft. It's going to have to be 
aircraft, and probably mech suits. That's fine. I think I got this. I got Terra on my side. Luke, yeah, eh, who knows? He might be good at something. I got Shadow. He's a super ninja that shows up at the last moment. Do you mean Locke? Luke. Are you talking about the thief? Luke Locke. Locke Luke? It's Locke, not Luke. (laughs) We're getting our Star Wars mixed with our Final Fantasy now. Well, Luke has Locks, and Locke has Luke's. So, they're one and the same. Listen, don't cross the streams, man. Clearly, that is an incorrect statement, because they cross the streams. The only time the streams have been crossed and it's been successful was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I would like to suggest Ghostbusters as a definer for your incorrect on it only being once. Oh, that's fiction. They still crossed the streams, and it worked. <laughs> Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are rooted in reality, dang it. Aaron, I disagree with the way Mike is bringing his point around, but he does have a point. If you think about it, which this ties back into Final Fantasy, the popular Square Enix franchise, Kingdom Hearts, does a half-decent job at mixing its Disney franchises together with its Final Fantasy ones. That's true. Oh, I forgot about wonderful, whimsical Kingdom Hearts. Bearer of my heart list. And Disney <laughs> does own Lucasfilm. So there's a good possibility that we may find not only Marvel's Avengers in a future Kingdom Hearts entry, but also we might see a crossover between Biggs and Wedge and Luke and Kafka and Sephiroth, and all of them are just going to make a big cuddle pile on the floor, and that'll be the last two hours of the game. I love it. It's just watching them in the cuddle pile. (laughs) (laughs) Kingdom Hearts fans will be like, this is a masterpiece. I'm sold. I'm sold. Star Wars fans will be like, I want to be in that cuddle pile. Right? You already have my money. What are the pre-order bonuses? Everyone in their jam jams? I want the DLC to make this final scene two hours longer. (laughs) Done. It's just played in reverse and mirrored. Yeah, then have a PJ expansion. (laughs) And have a pillow fight minigame. Watch out. If Disney ends up purchasing (laughs) PJ masks... Things could go wild. Is that TJ Maxx's widely unsuccessful <laughs> younger brother? Yeah. Totally. It's all PJs all the time. It's PJs to the max. Aside from it being a younger children's TV show about children who stay up late and crime fight in their pajamas that turn them into superpowered children, which I still have trouble dealing with that show when I babysit my friend's children because it's teaching kids to stay up past their bedtime, which is no good. I mean, so does Batman, technically. But also, my parents let me watch stuff that probably wasn't age-appropriate for me. Please reference last time's episode with death in media and how I was, at a very young age, exposed to the death of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. Oh man, such an impressionable young age. It's like you're not prepared for it. Then it just drop kicks you directly in the heart. You're like confused. You're like, what is this feeling I'm getting? I feel emptiness and sadness. And it's already sad enough. And then he gives you the thumbs up. And I know we just went over this last episode. And I'm sorry, audience, but damn. It's like you touch your face. It's like, why is my face wet? (laughs) (laughs) That thumbs up, man. It gets me every single time. I cry as an adult when I watch that still. 
Like, it's just one of those great cinematic moments of closure. I guess to kind of wrap it back around to the beginning, while it is terrifying that Disney owns so much media, so much heavily, highly regarded media, it would be interesting to see Kingdom Hearts with Star Wars characters. I think it would be. Did we get Marvel characters in the third one? Not yet, but I'm sure it's just a matter of time. I've heard the DLC is supposed to bring Final Fantasy characters back because they weren't really at the forefront in this one. It was more Disney characters. Now, I know they added Toy Story World and I think Big Hero 6 World. Yes, they did. So that's cool. And I'm looking forward to playing in those worlds eventually. I still haven't played the game yet, unfortunately. It's on my list of things to do, though. You know, I'm still trying to make my way through the... Oh, I need to look up the name of that. Mike, talk to us about our sponsor. This week on Banter Banter, we are sponsored by your favorite friends who make the chocolatiest of chocolates. Are you ready for a scrum diddlyumptious bar? Or maybe a everlasting gobstopper? Beware! If you find the golden ticket, Slugworth might try to convince you that you should give all of the prizes to him. He's evil. If you get the golden ticket, congratulations, you've just inherited all of Wonka's debt. So much debt, especially now that nobody's able to go to the grocery store and purchase candies. <laughs> he makes candy! How can he owe so much money? All of the soda jerks are basically out of jobs, because no one's able to go there and drink without unzipping their face mask. Oh, who wants soda from a jerk anyway? I'd rather have my soda from a nice person. I'd rather have my Hercules from a bunch of Jerkules. How about a bunch of beef Jerkules? I don't, I don't know if I should say yes to that. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he sounds hesitant and violated. Very much so with that phrase. This is a weird ad spot. Beef Jerkules. It makes you uncomfortable. Oh, Beef Jerkules. That sounds like... <laughs> beef Jerkules. It makes everyone around you uncomfortable. So some of the titles within Kingdom Hearts, going back to that, include Kingdom Hearts Point to Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. I'm sorry. Is A Fragmentary Passage a continuation of Birth by Sleep? It's a part of Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Longest title for a game ever. So if you wanted to be specific and you wanted to ask me maybe in a couple of months or two when I finally catch up what I'm playing, I can tell you I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, point two, Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. You could land an airplane on that title. <laughs> It is notorious for being a bit convoluted, but legitimately, if you think about it, it's created for a fandom of generations who are used to very large convoluted stories. Oh, sure. And really, honestly, if you look at a lot of anime titles, there are some long, funky titles for anime sometimes, whether it's in the original Japanese or the English translation of the title. I at least like knowing that when you're going into these, that you're going into something convoluted just by the title. Right. Meanwhile, you go into something like, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Yeah, it's a little bit weird of a title, but 
you get into the story and you try and explain that to anyone out of context of the video game, you're going to have a hard time. Now, I have never played Snake Eater. The last Metal Gear Solid game I played was the second one, which was, what was the subtitle for that one? Sons of Liberty. Sons of Liberty. Thank you. Was a single snake consumed in Snake Eater. I mean, all of that is left to player agency. So, since there's a certain... <laughs> Wait, are you saying there's an option that you can devour a snake? Well, one of the systems they put into this game is a stamina meter. And hunting and eating critters that you find out in the wilderness will restore health and stamina for you. Okay, I can respect that. So, if you're really low and you're capable of catching a snake and skinning it, and putting it over the Barbie, you too can increase your stamina and claim that you are a snake eater. Oh no, the future big boss, Naked Snake himself, doesn't even bother to cook this stuff. Uh, why would you want to be a naked snake? Wow, Barbie has had a lot of jobs. <laughs> right? I'm a Barbie snake <laughs> in a Barbie snake. Barbie snake. Barbie snake. Going out into the field of combat what does that make her the chuck wagon cook <laughs> anyway folks it's been nice getting to hang out with you having you listen to our shenanigans having you maybe realize that it's time to tell a friend about our podcast maybe not even a friend maybe you hate this podcast and for some reason you're hate listening if you're hate listening <laughs> give it to your worst enemies exactly find out who you hate the most, and maybe pour us into their ears. You never know. Commit genocide in their ears. <laughs> it might be the best thing you do this COVID-19. So, my question to the audience this week is, would you have liked it if we had brought up that Resident Evil 3 also turned 21? And if so, <laughs> should I have talked about the remake? Because it was a little lukewarm, and honestly, I don't have much to say on it. My question to the audience is, are you a little sad that we haven't done a more recent Trailer Park movie? What Trailer Park movie would you like us to go check out? Would you like us as an option to just follow the release schedule for the Cell cast and do a Trailer Park on every movie they cover? We could do it. Ooh, that's a concept right there. <laughs> and my question to you, dear audience who is your favorite storyline in Sonic Adventure, and why was it Big the Cat? <laughs> Froggy, come back! <laughs> and to change it up a little, everybody, remember, wash your hands, don't touch your face, wear a mask if you have to go outside. Don't be Kefka. Follow the hosts of Banter Banter on social media, on Facebook, at Banter BanterCast. On Twitter, at banter underscore cast, you could reach Manny at Brogar, C-R-E. You could find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number 8. The podcast cover art was provided to us by Blaze Animator, based on original art design by at Bobbin underscore Goblin on Twitter. Our intro and outro theme is called Bad Attraction by Brad Sucks off of his album title, I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Give it a listen or consider buying it.